Greetings, you're listening to the 53rd episode of the ABF Journal podcast. I'm Phil Neifer, Managing Editor of ABF Journal. In this week's episode, Scott Winokur of Gibraltar Business Capital shares his perspective on how businesses can build and maintain a strong internal identity through a dedicated focus on company culture. Scott discussed how Gibraltar has handled its own culture journey, including ways it has improved and lessons he and his leadership team have learned. Let's get to the call. Hi, Scott. How are you doing today? Good, Phil. How about you? I'm doing pretty well. And uh, a lot of people probably know you as the CEO of Gibraltar Business Capital. But for those who don't, can you tell me about Gibraltar? And then also tell me a little bit about yourself, how you got started at the company and rose to your current position there? Sure thing. Thanks for having me on the podcast, Phil. Um, For those who don't know, Gibraltar Business Capital is a nationwide asset-based lender providing senior secured revolving lines of credit to lower middle market businesses with revenues of 15 to $150 million. The company was actually formed in 1951 and purchased by my father in 1991. My father grew up at Heller and had his own equipment leasing business and decided to um, purchase Gibraltar. I started at an entry-level position with the company in 1995. And in 2010, I was fortunate enough to buy the company from my father with the help of private equity. Awesome. And today, I know we're going to be talking a lot about company culture, which is something obviously that you're going to be uh, unique, have a unique perspective on as kind of the head of a company. And I know that company culture is something that's important to you based on conversations we've had before. Um, How did this become an important part of your approach to leading the company? Well, I learned how important culture was while working for my father. I saw how he treated each employee as if they were family. And the culture he fostered had a tremendous positive impact on the employees. And that really resonated with me. So I've tried to take the same approach over the years. And what has the culture journey been like for Gibraltar since you started, not necessarily in your current position, but when you started in kind of entry level and then have, as you've risen up and how would you describe where the company's culture is today? Sure. Like any journey, it's definitely had its ups and downs. Um, I learned early on that keeping the culture intact while growing the company would definitely have its challenge challenges. I have relied on outside consultants, board members, and mentors to continue to challenge how we develop and maintain our culture. We've certainly made some mistakes along the way. However, as we all know, we learn more from our mistakes than from our successes. So I would describe our culture as authentic, reliable, and thoughtful. Those are company values that our entire employee base all subscribes to. But to be more specific, Gibraltar is a fun yet professional environment where every person has a voice and transparency is critical. Right. And then what have have you and your team uh, specifically put in place to foster that kind of culture? I know you mentioned your company's values, but how do you make sure that those are infused throughout the entire company? Um, And then on the flip side, uh, since it is a journey and not necessarily a destination, What are some areas you'd like to improve on um, to kind of keep improving on your culture uh, from where it is today? Great question. So probably the best thing we have done to foster a great company culture is to adjust our interview process to focus on the cultural fit. 
And that's not as easy as it sounds, as you have to ask the right questions. And we had to fine tune those questions over the years. Since we implemented that change, our turnover has decreased substantially. So it feels like it's working. Um, but to get into some of the ideas we have used uh, currently and in the past to help foster a great company culture, we do our best to recognize employees on a regular basis when they are living up to the company values. We have an award that's called a thumbs up award that's passed around the office daily or weekly as employees recognize one another for living up to those company values. We have a quarterly award for the employee that most embraces the culture and lives up to those values. I hold a monthly meeting for the entire staff where we go through the results of the business. Each department head gives an update as to what's going on in their specific departments, as well as I go through the financial results of the company and answer any questions as to what's going on in the business. We also do some of the basics such as hold company events after hours. And our most recent event was attending the Chicago Dogs baseball game. That was our first event post COVID. So we were all anxious to get together. And I have to say it was a tremendous success. Um, our holiday parties have been spectacular, especially the last few years. We've held casino nights, hired rock and roll cover bands, gone bowling. And we always include our spouses at, at each of the events, which helps reinforce that family feel. But in terms of improving the culture, obviously the pandemic has, <clears throat> excuse me, has made that challenging. In the beginning, we were doing regular Zoom happy hours like, like most of our peers were, but that wore out pretty quickly. Fortunately, we're back in the office part-time and have held a few cultural events after hours that have helped us feel like we are slowly returning to normal. Great, and uh, if, if you don't mind me going off uh, book here a little bit, you mentioned uh, trying to change the interview process to incorporate questions about cultural fit. Uh, you don't have to give me a specific example, but uh, what are some kind of ways you go about that? Because I'm assuming that, 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 you know, that can be kind of a difficult thing to create questions that will elicit the kind of answers you want to hear. Yeah, you know, that's a great question, Phil. And I think in our past, we spent so much time interviewing for specific skill sets and not interviewing for the person and the personality along with those skill sets. And so we found that we had hired some people who certainly had the skill sets to accomplish whatever position they were applying for. Um, but they didn't really fit in culturally with the rest of the team. And that's not a judgment on whoever was interviewing or, or whatnot, but it just wasn't the right fit. And so they turned out to be less productive and unhappy in those roles and probably moved on earlier than anyone would have liked. So we started changing the interview questions, not only to interview for skill sets, but to interview for the cultural fit. So um, really learning and digging in to find out about someone's personality, what their likes and dislikes are, what their professional and personal goals are, how they feel about family, how they, uh, you know, what they want to accomplish when they, when they grow up. We all, we all have those hopes and dreams. And 
when we found we, or we found that by spending time focusing on the cultural fit, along with the skill sets, we had better success, less turnover, and more productivity. Great. And then um, obviously, you know, you, you play a big role in fostering this kind of company culture, but it's not all on you, or at least I hope it's not. How are you developing your leadership team to make sure that they are also uh, pushing forward this kind of uh, philosophy at Gibraltar? Yeah, so I'm very lucky that I have a phenomenal leadership team that has executed our cultural vision extremely well. We've always shared the same views as to how important building the right culture is. And they rarely need reminders or development as it relates to culture, as it's just important to them as it is to me. So when we set our sights on really focusing in on culture, we had corporate buy-in from the entire leadership team. So we do a great job in our monthly management meetings, ensuring that we are continuing to remain focused on culture throughout the organization. So uh, again, I'm very lucky that I don't really have to remind my leadership team is, is it's second nature to them. Uh, are there any hard leadership or cultural lessons you've learned over the, uh, the years uh, before the pandemic that you think are worth sharing with uh, our, our listenership? Absolutely, Phil. I've learned that you cannot force culture. If you are focusing on culture because it's the latest buzzword, it just won't work. You must really believe in it for it to have the desired effect. Right. And then uh, now during the pandemic, you mentioned some of the stuff you guys have been, uh, you guys did to try to keep uh, company culture at top of mind and to keep, you know, uh, employees engaged. Um, what are some lessons you've learned, you learned on that front during the pandemic? And what have you done differently during it to ensure that employees are staying engaged and that they also feel supported, not just that they're you know, making sure that they're working harder or what have you. Yeah, the pandemic has been a terrific reminder as to how important cult company culture really is. Aside from our Zoom happy hours that I mentioned before, I what I tried to do was stay in front of every employee on a regular basis, either by phone or by video call. And one of the things uh, we did as an organization was send care packages to all of our employees with masks, hand sanitizer, toilet paper, and maybe an adult beverage or two uh, to keep things interesting. But it was not as easy as expected and certainly not the same as being in the same room together. However, considering the situation, I think we did a fairly decent job. And I think the reason we were able to be as successful from a cultural standpoint during the pandemic while everyone was working remote was a testament to the culture that we had set up prior to the pandemic happening, along with the effectiveness of the uh, leadership team that I've already talked about before as, as to how lucky I am. All right, and then you guys, you know, you clearly feel like you're on the right path with uh, with your guys' in culture and stuff. But what do you think uh, ABL leaders um, specifically and specifically uh, get wrong when it comes to culture and boosting employee morale, things like that? So that's a great question. I, I talked a little bit about how uh, you cannot force culture. I've I've seen a few people outside of our industry that I'm friends with through other networks that I have that 
um, you know, weren't necessarily focused on culture, but became focused on it because it was the latest buzzword and it wasn't really effective because they didn't drink the Kool-Aid. Um, but in terms of uh, the other ABL leaders and what they're doing, to be honest, uh, the majority of my friendly competitors, I think, do a great job on establishing a, a phenomenal culture and really working on employee morale. Um, we've tried to, you know, hire people from other shops over the years. And for the most part, every time we talk to someone, um, they say they're, they're very happy in, in their jobs. And I think that's a testament to our industry as a whole. We've got some really great leaderships uh, throughout the industry that have focused on company culture and employee morale. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, a testament to how great our industry really is. And then taking that employee uh, morale and company culture and turning that into, um, you know, uh, positive results on the bottom line, what advice do you have for uh, other ABL leaders uh, when it comes to maintaining a positive and productive credit team, especially during challenging environments like we're seeing right now? Yeah, so it, obviously this is critical. So I think you have to hire the best people that you can possibly find. Um, try not to settle when you're hiring someone. And always encourage your uh, team members to be decision makers. As leaders, I think it's important for them to know that we have their back and we won't let them fail. Uh, we should allow them to make small mistakes that will make them better in the long run. And I think if you take care of your people, they will certainly take care of you. But most importantly, I think one of the best skill sets that ABL leaders need to have, and it really applies to any leader in any business, is to be an uh, active listener and really listen to what your team has to say. Doesn't mean you always have to take their advice, but making sure that people feel heard um, is important to maintaining a positive, productive culture and employee morale. Awesome. Well, Scott, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I really appreciate it. Thanks you. I, I enjoyed it, Phil. Thanks again to Scott for joining the show, and thank you for listening. As you may have seen, either on LinkedIn or in our daily newsletter, ABF Journal's Q4 issue is going to feature our first-ever Industry Icons Awards. We'll be choosing honorees based on nominations from our internal staff, our editorial advisory board, and from listeners like you. Leaders from across the industry and up and down the experience spectrum will be featured, and we'll have multiple icon categories, including disruptor, up-and-comer, pioneer, veteran, and top deal closer. We'll be accepting nominations until October 22nd, so go to abfjournal.com slash icon hyphen nominations to get your nomination in today. That's abfjournal.com slash icon hyphen nominations. That's it for this week. Thanks again for listening to the ABF Journal podcast. We'll talk again soon.